You're listening to the AIHL Podcast with Bernie Mac and Stephen White. Ladies and gentlemen, the Sydney Bears are the 2019 AIHL Good or All Cup champions. And uh, here on the AIHL podcast, we're going to break down what was a massive finals weekend. And Steve, if you told me last week that the Bears were going to be good old cup champions, I'd say that was a pretty long shot. But uh, talk about a David and Goliath story. And uh, look, this is one for the little guys. Oh, indeed it is. And I remember that I, uh, you know, I ran a couple of just fun polls um last week or this week actually uh well last week now but uh just to see what the gauge was 40 percent people said the brave the bears only had 11 percent. they were the lowest ranked team and and there you go they won the 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 good old cup so um congratulations to the sydney bears you know uh schlampy uh ron kaprowski uh, matty burrell wayne hellier the whole organization kim everyone brian funes everyone um Great win for you guys. Uh, it's first one since 2007. And just on that, and just a bit of trivia for you uh, fans out there, thanks to uh, Peter Lambert up there in Newcastle. Did a stellar job on the weekend on the broadcast, Pete. But uh, it's actually the fourth good old cup the Bears have won. It's their third AIHL championship. So uh, they won in 2002, 2007, and 2019. But in uh, 2001, the Avalanche won the uh, AIHL. But the good old cup, in that format was awarded as it was competed for that year in a postseason tournament um, in the state-based format. But the North Stars and Bears also competed, the pre-AIHL North Stars who came in in 2002, the year later. That's when the Goodall Cup was awarded uh, post that year. So um, interesting tidbit. So, I mean, it's a technicality. It's, you know, we, we interchange championship and Goodall Cup all the time. But just for one few little history buffs out there, well before my time, and I didn't certainly know that fact. So thanks to Pete uh, for clearing that up. But nonetheless... Uh, three AHL titles now to the Bears. And uh, yet, uh, as we talked about, uh, 12 years between drinks and uh, they were uh, well and truly celebrating it down there in uh, Macquarie last night. And today is, so I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Look, we got a huge episode to get through. Uh, today, we speak with uh, Sydney Bears captain Michael Schlamp. We also catch up with defenseman Ryan Annesley and uh, other good news is Steve I got a new microphone from this week we got a few comments last week that the podcast sounded like I was underwater but uh, we've got the the top-notch gear ready to go for the final episode of the season yeah I was going to say uh, I'm missing the bass in your voice already so uh, you're gonna have to drop your voice like I do Well, Steve, let's get into it all. Let's start with semi-final number one between the fourth-placed Bears and the first-place CBR Brave. Now, this was one of the biggest David versus Goliath matchup we've seen, I think, in Australian sports history. Uh, obviously, the Brave came into this one red-hot favourite. Sydney Bears, nothing to lose. And uh, look, it looked like it was going to be all CBR Brave when they took a 4-2 lead into that third period. But uh, the Bears, in true never-say-die fashion, came out, scored four unanswered goals, skated away with a very improbable 6-4 win. Yeah, well, as we had Ron on the show last week, uh, we've got to kill the giant sometime and giant kill uh a huge effort from the bears particularly in the context of losing the good old cup final last year in overtime that heartbreaker probably the greatest final that's ever been played um and you know the bears were hungry obviously to go that one step further this year and they did in the semi-final nonetheless and obviously they're going to finish it off on the sunday but uh 
big, big comeback from them. Um, I mean, Joey Hughes getting the first goal uh, in the first period. They were outshot. The, the Bears actually outshot the Brave 14-7 to in that first period. Out, outshot them 40-30 to for the game. So that's impressive, mm-hmm. um, particularly against the Brave firepower that they had that, you know, uh, Joey Hughes and, and Weeb Dodge and, and, of course, Jesse Gabriel. Um, and then a big third period, a big second period, you know, the CBR, take the lead and you think, oh, okay, here we go. It's um, The universe is uh, playing out as it should. But as we mentioned, four-goal third period, the Brave just uh, collapse in the end. And look, Brucker and Annesley, uh, Gaultier, and then Jake Ratcliffe finishing it off with the uh, the empty net there at the end. So, um, look, just, just a fantastic uh, effort um, from the uh, Sydney Bears. Uh, huge win. You know, it's got to... Um, put that in perspective. I mean, the, the win over the Thunder is, it was massive as well to win the Cup, obviously. But, you know, if you want to weigh up the two, I think there's a good argument to be made that that was probably the bigger of the two wins for them as a club, not disrespecting Perth at all, but uh, in the context of their weekend and their season and what happened last year, I think that was probably their final, to be uh, to be honest. Yeah, look, and, and, and uh, it was a fantastic game by the Bears, but I, I'd have to say that the Brave actually dominated the first two periods of this yeah. game, and you know they were spending a lot of time in the Bears uh, in the Bears attacking zone, particularly in those first two periods. I thought, oh, if this if this uh, keeps up, it's going to be a long night for the Bears. But you know something special happened in that change room between that second and third period, and the Bears really came out hungry, and they really came out, and they and they certainly believed they could win that game. And I mean, look, if if I had to dissect what went wrong for the brave in this game I just don't think they made the proper adjustment coming into that third period when you're leading in a game 4-2 you certainly have the ability to control the tempo of the game and 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 put the pressure back onto your opponent so I mean the CBR brave have played a run gun up tempo all offense hockey all season uh, but they really started that third period with, with the same sort of mentality you know they were trying to skate it through the Bears players they weren't putting the puck in deep you know I think coaches will say this till they probably blew in the face you know get the puck behind the defenseman and make them work but you know the, the Braves seem to keep on to go through going through the middle and, and 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 that sort of really played into the Bears hands I mean run and gun hockey when you're down by two goals is exactly the sort of style that you want to play and 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 I just don't think the Brave adjusted and particularly uh, on that um, game tying goal I think it was Annesley's goal the, the the Brave were you know up by a goal they were on a rush I think there were probably four four Brave players who ended up ahead of the puck when it was finally turned over puck goes back the other way ends up uh, ends up in the back of the net and then you got a 4-4 game and I just I I just don't think the Brave adjusted in that third period and, and, and it just played right into the Bears' hands. Yeah, and look, the Brave, uh, sorry, the Bears had really nothing to lose, I think, in that expense. I mean, yes, they wanted to win and yes, you know, avenge last year's final, but the Brave probably had more to lose um, than the Bears did being so dominant all season and they were expected to, to go back-to-back this year. I mean, the, the Final Four format sort of allows for those um, kind of huge upsets. But uh, look, that, as you said, massive third period for the, for the, the Bears – I was expecting the the wall to go up, you know, the famous Sydney Bears uh, trap, but it was more sort of the late uh, 2000s, um, uh, early, late noughties, uh, early 10s uh, style of play where they put the, the wall up all across the red line and, and clog up the neutral zone. But they actually played pretty free-flowing. I mean, Ryan Annesley with that breakout pass, always just, again, always looking to hit his wings like Timmy Newmark and, and Ratcliffe. And that went worked to perfection for them. They went down the, they went down the wings and Danik Gautier just with the hands for such a big guy um, really took it to the Brave. And as you said, they didn't adjust for that. So um, the Brave will be licking their wounds over that one. It's probably the one that got away for them, you know. But uh, the Bears, huge, huge result for them to march on 
to the good old cup final. And I think one of the other things that uh, that really sort of stung the brave in this one was the the amount of power play chances. So they went 0 from 4 on the power play, and uh, look, and the Bears also went 0 from 7 uh, with their power play chances. But what it did mean for the brave was that their some of their top players were also on in those penalty killing situations. Now, when you've only got a 50 minute game, and if you're going to try to roll the top two lines, and not only are offensive guys playing uh, power play minutes and also penalty kill minutes, it really sort of starts to drain on them down the stretch and. Uh, and, and again, I, I think, you know, Canberra sort of just went back into that habit of just rolling the top two lines. And, and when it's not working, there's there's not really a plan B. You can't do that anymore in this league. And, you know, we've touched on that a couple of times this year. You know, we've seen it, obviously, so many times in the finals. But you can't do that really anymore in this league. You've got to have your third and fourth. Got, even if you put your third or fourth line out for one or two more, one or two shifts to give your top line a bit that extra breather so they can they can go again. Um, and yeah, you just you end up tying, and then they get frustrated when they don't get the results, and and it just becomes a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy in the end. So, but uh, you're quite right. The Bears just had the game plan, and and they went into it. And as we'll talk to Michael Schlamp and Ryan Annesley later, they talked about that confidence, particularly in that second intermission, kept the even keel. They didn't go to they didn't go to sleep. They didn't drop their heads, and they but they didn't get too wound up and get sucked in, and they did the job. And Steve, look, after all of the emotion of semi-final number one, we had to get ready to do it again when the hometown Newcastle North Stars played the Perth Thunder in semi-final number two. Uh, Huge crowd packed in for this one. Uh, It was great to see all the Newcastle fans there cheering on their home team. What a treat to get to see uh, their their home team on on home highs in a finals weekend. So, look, I was really expecting big things from the North Stars, and they didn't disappoint. I mean, they jumped out of the gates. Richie Tesserick picking up a goal in the first minute. I uh, I thought Newcastle might be able to just wave the ride this wave of emotion uh, all, all the way into the grand final but look the Perth Thunder they had second they had um, they had another idea and uh, they the, the away team managed to take this one 3-2 oh, look this is a huge result also you know comparative to the Bra- uh, Bears and Brave result just in a different context I think because the Thunder you know they came into the Newcastle in their home rink and uh, Newcastle played so well all season and Newcastle had the wood on them in terms of the results as well um, in winning the majority of them this year in the four games they played. But uh, yeah, you're quite right. Richie Tezeric scores in the first minute and you're thinking, oh, here we go. You know, the Newcastle are on. I think the shorthanded goal by Ben Bro was the turning point and the Thunder went, okay, well, we, we can take it here. We know we can do it. And they did. You know, Sean Tobin gets one, got the only one in the second and then Bro scored his second and then Newcastle, that was something that was late, but Newcastle seemed to just be um, sort of, I don't know what your reading of the play was, but they were really on the back foot, particularly in that third period. I mean, they were outshot 12 to 5 there in that third period. The Thunder just piled it on and it almost seemed that like they sort of didn't have um, the legs in the end. I mean, they they have been hamstrung by injuries, not making apologies, but, you know, they've had Richie Cesarek out, Tommy Lander out. Paddy Ward was out, injured for a while. Um, and then, you know, they were, you know, Jason Chalk and Matt Whitney were in the lineup. I mean, there was obviously that Battle of Sydney game where they, you know, they had hardly anyone uh, healthy. Um, but again, the, full credit to the Thunder to come in there and take that um, that game against Newcastle. Um, I think, you know, JFK in his debut season, you know, he'd be really happy with where he is, but he obviously he'd be disappointed because they could have gone that one step further and, and, and um, taken the cup in the barn. I mean, they, I think the, the Bears-Newcastle game would have been really tight as well. Um, but that's a, that's a hypothetical completely. But uh, Thunder with a big result. And they finally shook the Saturday hoodoo. They finally got through the semi-final after a string of them. Um, and so they moved on to the dance. So, you know, um, 
it's, it's just a shame they couldn't go that one step further, but a, a big um, result for them over Newcastle. Yeah, look, I've got to say the Perth Thunder, the one thing I really liked about them in this game was just how cohesive they were as a unit. It didn't seem like they ever got too far away from their game plan. They were playing with uh, really, really good purpose and really good structure. Uh, and that uh, made the job a lot easier for Nico Vixen in goals for the Thunder. I thought he had an excellent game. He was very solid. Uh, one thing I always I can tell when a goal is on, they're not they're not moving around too much. There's no there's no extra movement. I think he was very deliberate in the saves that he was making. He was making quality saves as well. Um, but two guys uh, for the Thunder who I I thought made a huge difference was uh, Jamie Woodman and uh, Rob Hasselhurst. Those guys were lugging the mail up the ice all week. You know, they were they were on the rush. They were on the back check. Those guys looked like they had an extra step and an extra gear. And and and, and that was really, I think, the um, the engine room that, that that drove this Perth Thunder victory. Yeah, for sure. And Rob Hasselhurst has had such a great season this year. I mean, obviously returning to the Thunder after being in Newcastle last season. But, uh, yeah, him and Jamie uh, really, uh, as you said, in the boiler room there, shoveling the coal, uh, making the ship go, and then just feeding the thunder forwards of, you know, value Marcotte, that that breakout pass out of the defensive zone. Um, But Vixen gave them the confidence to get that done. Um, But, uh, look, that was a great result for Perth. And as I said, great for them to finally say, right, we've broken the semi-final hoodoo. Now we just need to work on going that one step further on the Sunday. And I'm sure, you know, uh, had a quick chat to Richie Lamb after the, the weekend and, you know, they were quite stung. But uh, they'll be back next year. Um, don't get me wrong, the Thunder. And uh, they'll be uh, looking for, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit now. Um, we talk about the, the final. But, uh, yeah, the, I thought they gave a good account of themselves, really good account of themselves in that semi final. Yeah, look, and look, without any further ado, Steve, let's jump in and talk about the final. And uh, it was not the final everyone was expecting with the fourth place team, the Sydney Bears, taking on the third place, Perth Thunder. Like, it was just a weekend of upsets. Uh, and I don't think too many people predicted this in a final. But as far as finals goes, this didn't disappoint. Uh, the Thunder certainly came to play. They jumped out to uh, that early two-goal lead. The, the Bears found themselves behind on the score sheet again. Uh, but the, the Bears managed to keep their composure. Uh, they got back to what they know. They played hard, fast hockey. They were physical, uh, and they ended up to uh, to bounce back and get the win in this one to uh, to secure the good old cup. Indeed, and look, I thought when Kieran Webster scored that second goal, I was like, "Oh, here we go! Perth have uh, Perth have come out swinging. They've come out from uh, Saturday night, and they're ready to go. Um, and you know, they could really take this one in their grand final debut. But uh, the Bears again showing that stoicness and that resilience and that." Uh, uh, Michael Schlamp talked about, um, you know, they answered right back. Two goals in that last minute. Um, those, those two penalties to Bro and Cox didn't really help them. But uh, to concede two goals on consecutive power plays and the five on three and the five on four, I think that was um, the turning, the uh, TSN turning point. Oh, the, uh, <laughs> if you ever want to <laughs> appropriating another network's uh, phrase, uh, I'm trying to get us in trouble. But uh, look, um, that when it going into that second period, it's interesting. I talked to uh, Richie Lamb um, uh, again afterwards, and he was saying that uh, he felt he felt in his gut that after that happened, that they didn't think they would win it. Um, and I, I didn't want to, I don't want to throw him under the bus or anything, but like I sort of I sort of had that feeling too. I was like, oh, you know, I think the Bears they're going to do this again. They're going to do a, a Saturday night and they're going to come back um, and win it. And sure enough, you know, they scored two unanswered in the th- second period. And then um, they pretty much controlled the third. I thought I thought the Thunder in the third um, tried a little. They were, they were, they were trying too hard um, to, to try and generate offense. Kimmer was fantastic again for for um, the Bears as well. I mean, he was just seeing everything. 
I thought after those first two goals win, I thought, oh, you know, he could have a long night here. But no, just got back in as he so as he so often does, kept his composure, and you know, he played his angles right. Um, Thunder didn't really, I don't think, get enough traffic in front of him because you know that's how you basically got to score on him. Otherwise, you, he'll just move and and see it all day. But uh, the um, Bears just played another great game plan. Shots were quite even. You know, it was 28 to 27. Thunder had plenty of shots. I think the quality of chances, though, was was what um, what was lacking. Bears, again, kept them to the outside, and they play that so well. You know, Funes and Annesley um, work so well to keep the shots uh, wide. Um, and the Bears were perfect on the power play. I mean, they only had the two, but those two power play goals, um, they were the difference in the end. And uh, you know, Thunder couldn't convert on special teams either. But, uh, look, Full credit to the Perth Thunder and Dave Ruck and all the guys um, throughout the season. They, you know, they we talked about them at the start of the season having that really poor start, and we thought, oh, here we go, they're not going to make the finals. Then they went on a huge run, and then they're back in the finals conversation, and they nearly, you know, they break their semi-final hoodoo, and they came in hot at the right time. They just failed at that last step, um, but look, as I said just a few moments ago, I think next year, um, I, I think next year. They're going to do it. Um, Save for posterity. (laughs) But uh, I was interested in seeing um, in in the handshake line, you know, Brian Funes and and Rob Hazelhurst, who are Mighty Roos teammates, um, you know, know, talking to each other. And I think, you know, unless Funes or Rob want to to, uh, correct me on what was said, I I have a feeling they were saying, you know, next year's a year. Because Funes went through that last year, if you watch the handshake line from the Brave and Bears, and and they were like, oh, you know, you you missed your year, mate, but, you know, next year it'll be your turn. And sure enough, it was his turn. And I think that's going to repeat, uh, but I don't want to put the mocker on them. But, no, I'm confident that uh, Perth will do it in 2020. Yeah, look, one thing I did really like about the Perth Thunder this season is I, I think they got the balance right, and it must have been tough for for Bembro. Obviously, he's one of been one of the team's leading scorers for the last couple of seasons, but this year he found himself on the second line, and I think it takes a lot of leadership and a lot of maturity to understand what your role is to the team. And um, you know, obviously, it must have, I think it must have been tough for a guy like Ben not to be on that top line with um, Kevin Vayu, Kieran Webster, and uh, Marcotte. But what we saw in the final weekend, it did give Perth Thunder that one-two punch when that top two lines were cancelling it out Bembro was the guy there to pick up those two goals to propel the Thunder into the final and it just gives this Thunder team a different complexion with that one-two punch and as we mentioned this is a team that rolls all three lines and it's a quality local line that's coming out behind those top two lines so look hats off to uh to Bembro um I thought he had a, I thought he had an excellent finals weekend and, and you know I did feel for the Thunder guys I think they put so much in and, and just to fall short uh, in their first good old cup final I think it's certainly going to give them a lot more motivation moving forward for sure and you know you got to feel for Stan and Richie and, and Rob Cox over there in the west that um, you know it's uh, they've had so many goes at it they've, been, they've only made missed the finals uh, twice I think correct me if I'm wrong um, and they've made the semi-finals a million times and haven't got it, and then they went to the final and they didn't get there. But that it's only going to motivate them more to go that one step further. And, and you're quite right. I mean, the questions we all thought were going to be the secondary scoring this year with the departure of Bremner and and Jordy Karras not being as, as available. But uh, look, Sean Tobin stepped up pretty well. Kieran Webster had the season of all seasons, and you know, playing with uh, Value and Marcotte on that top top line was was uh, sensational to watch all year. But I mean, yeah, hats off to the boys in the West, and you know. Um, They'll be back next year. But uh, the Bears, obviously, we've got to credit them. Full team effort. You know, they walk away with uh, their third AHL championship and uh, deservedly so. 
And look, uh, Steve, let's talk about, we could talk about the Sydney Bears for ages. So many storylines going into this one. Obviously, haven't won it since 2007. Vlad Rubes, oldest guy in the AIHL, he's playing on the the, the Sydney Bears, about to turn 41. Uh, they've got the best local uh, goaltender in Anthony Kinlan. Like, there was so much to like about this team. And uh, look, I don't think we have enough time on this podcast to get to get to all of the fantastic Bears storylines. But look, how about we get Michael Schlamp on to uh, to tell us what he thought of his finals weekend? Yep, that sounds good. If he's uh, if he's uh, still conscious. <laughs> Yeah, look, fans, we will have to apologise on behalf of all of our Sydney Bears guests. They are—they have lost some of their voices, so just bear with us as we get through these interviews. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, very special guest on the AIHL podcast, 2019 Good All Cup winning captain, Michael Schlamp. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, now, Mike, what a weekend for the Sydney Bears. Uh, you end up finishing fourth in the finals race and then you go on to win the Goodall Cup. Just tell us a little bit about what a roller coaster ride uh, the finals weekend was for the Sydney Bears. Um, yeah, look, guys were, I mean, we were optimistic going into the, to the weekend. So, I mean, we went in there, uh, we met at the ranch on on Friday night, sorry, my voice is a little bit dusty today, yelling all weekend, and then it was a bit of a, a bit of a night last night. So, um, we'll give you a pass yeah, on this we, one, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we met at the the ranch on Friday night, and then we took a took a bus up to uh, to Newcastle there, and stayed pretty close to the rink, just across the road. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just it was just good feeling. I mean, it was rainy night, and it was a bit damp the next day and stuff but guys were in good spirits everybody was pretty pumped everybody was pretty tuned in and and focused and and right from the get-go on on friday night it was we had a pretty good feeling you know and uh, we had a bit of experience going into the finals last year and this was just like we knew what we were going to do this year and yeah it was it was exciting now, Shlamy, uh take us through that win over the uh, CPR Brave on the Saturday. I mean, obviously, the Brave came in raging hot favourites, breaking every record. They got the wood on you three times during the season. You've been them only the once. And uh, you came out with the win, big third period. Uh, what was that like to be a part of? And particularly in that uh, that second intermission, what did Ronnie say to the boys? Yeah, look, it was, it was awesome, guys, especially after last year, you know, losing such a heartbreaking way in the, in the final and overtime um this year we we're really keyed in on those guys we knew it was going to be a big matchup and then we kind of last lost the last few games of the year there um that last little kind of five game stretch against the mustangs and kind of pushed it back into fourth so we knew it was going to be a matchup with them and we kind of started preparing the last you know two three weeks really and training's just kind of focusing and keying in on that game in particular and what we were going to do uh, defensively and game plan wise in order to do it uh, after the last training. Uh, I mean, Ainsley Ryan is like unbelievable as far as uh, game plan and, and the amount of effort he puts into uh, scouting and getting everybody ready. So we had a game plan that was ready. We had scouting reports on everybody and, um, we really all went through it and everybody was pretty focused on what we needed to do and the game plan we needed to go. Even then, they got such good players and they got the jump on us, a couple goals. We kind of came back um, and then it was and it was 3-2 two, 
going like right at the end of that second period there. And then there was about three seconds left where they scored to make it four two. And that was kind of a, it was a little bit frustrating at that point, but went into the dressing room and everybody was still, you know, wouldn't, I don't know if I want to say confident because it doesn't sound good, but I mean, everybody was still pretty sure we were going to come back and, and, and go with it. We, we knew we could skate with them. The game was pretty close. It was a fast game. And, um, I mean, everybody that plays hockey, whenever you're down two goals, you, you know, the classic line is, uh, worst leading hockey is a two goal lead. So, I mean, you just go with that. And, um, lots of guys stepped up in the dressing room and we just, everybody was focused. I said, even before the game, warm up, the guys like it's the best I've ever seen that team all year. Everybody was so dialed in. And, uh, yeah, we came out in the third and second shift. We were out there and it was kind of just like a play where tipped over Timmy. He went down the boards with it and Bruxy came around the net and just kind of turned and fired and kind of caught, caught climbing by surprise, I think. And, went upstairs and then it was all of a sudden it was four or three from having that heartbreaking goal where we were only, you know, one goal down to two goals down going into the third. Now we're one goal down again. So everybody's pretty fired up and um, yeah, it just went from there and escalated and got the assist on, on the game winner for, for Danik who buried it, who just had an unbelievable weekend. He played absolutely out of his skin. He was an animal. And um yeah, empty netter at the, at the end with Brox after the icing call, and then we got it out again, and he finished with a couple goals as well. So, um, yeah, it was an exciting game. Lots of people came up to me and said, last year after we played that final with them, there were so many people that said that's the best game they'd seen in Australia. And then the same people were coming up to me this year saying that's the best game they've now seen in Australia. So it was two years ago <laughs> we played against those guys that were that were pretty good games, you know. And one thing I really liked, uh, Shalampi, when you guys came out in that third period, uh, Danik Gautier, I mean, he, he was running around, he was banging bodies, he was dumping the puck in, he was trying to chase out icings. Like, he was he was one guy that he looked like a man possessed. I mean, it was he one guy you could sort of really get behind on the ice and, and um, you know, he, he was sort of led from the front? 100%. The goal to the awesome is he's... Um... I mean, you could see it all year, right from when he came. Like, he came in a few games late because he had some passport issues um, in the UK. And But the first practice, he was just, like, pumping pucks. This guy can shoot like you wouldn't believe. Most guys, you're not too worried about blocking stuff. And Fiendi went, went down to block one, and she, he took one in the leg from the goat. And <laughs> we learned from then on not to block shots for, from him in practice. But... Um, yeah, we knew it all year. He was kind of he played well during during the season, but you could tell he had an extra extra gear that he was going to give in the final, and so everybody had confidence. That top line, him, Dowds, he's just such a good player. He reminds me so much of Lazi from last year. He's just such a good two way guy. So good on the four check. So good on his, with a stick. Um, just getting on pucks and. Ratty is just a smart player with an unbelievable release. And those guys just, they really stepped up for us this weekend, that, that first line, and got us some big goals and, and and played really well. But, yeah, the GOAT played out of his skin to win MVP. Well-deserved, for sure. Shlambi, the uh, final itself was sort of similar to the 
uh, the semi where the Brave got the jump on you early and you came back. This time the Thunder got two quick goals in the first, but then you just rallied and then just took control of the game. Um, did you have a similar mentality from the semi-final, a similar game plan, or you, you just went in there with the belief that, yep, this is our time, we're going to do it? And having Slade, when Ron's words last week, if you've killed the Giant and, and now this is a bonus, or uh, what was the feeling like in the team in that final? Yeah, that's always a big worry, isn't it? When you play such a big game um, the night before and you go from such a high to then have to play another game the next day that's so important. Um, you don't want that letdown, but um, guys were still pretty dialed in. We kept our emotions in, in check. Um, I was lucky enough to have a spa bath in, the, in our room. It was an absolute giant spa bath, so Everybody was, we had, they got about 10 bags of ice and everybody was doing cold tubs the, the night before and <laughs> legs were good and uh, med staff was awesome with, with keeping everybody healthy and and uh, keeping the legs going and making sure everybody was loose. And we got into that game and I told the boys, I said, I thought we were dialed in yesterday, but today is next level. It's, uh, it's going to be a good day. And then they got those two goals on us. Um, fairly quick. First one was kind of a screen. The second one was a, a bounce off to the side, and we we're kind of they were pretty fired up, so we knew we were going to have to turn it around. And um, we got those power plays at the end of the end of that first period, um, and then that five on five on three, and we scored those two goals to go in and tied two two, and it was a pretty good feeling after that because we got some momentum going and we just carried it through the rest of the game and played pretty well. Game plan was similar to to Canberra because we knew they had that big line. They got some good players on top line. They all had over twenty goals um, with Veu and and those top guys on that uh, Webster and um, can't remember the name of the other guy. Oh, God. Mark Hawk, that's right. He had the first one there. So it's, um, and that second one, they all had Bro on there. I mean, he's been a big player in this league for a long time. It's always him. He's always stretching and he seems to find breakaways. You saw him in the semifinal. He scored two goals against Newey and had a breakaway that kind of sealed it for him. So we knew we always have to watch that. Um, so kind of similar setup to how we did against Canberra. But um, yeah, Ronnie really pumped through the execution. Kimmer had a, a, ga- a couple of games of his life and he was big on the, on the defensive execution that we wanted to play and um, just stepped it up for those last couple of games. And yeah, kind of ran away with it there in, in the end in the final, but it was still close. Like they battled to the end and it was pretty tight there until that empty net kind of sealed it with just a couple of seconds left. Yeah, you talk about guys being calm, cool, and composed. Uh, let's talk about your goalie, uh, Anthony Kimlin. He didn't allow a goal in either th- in third in both third periods of the semi-final or the final. Now he, he was pretty animated after Perth Thunder's second goal. What's he like in the dressing room? What's he like in between periods, like in, in these big games? Most of the time, he's actually pretty quiet. He's it, there, he was over the finals weekend. He did he'll, when he does throw stuff out. Guys will listen, and he and he comes up with some really intelligent stuff. He sees the game so well, and he knows what everybody wants to do in front of him. He's 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 a very cerebral player. He knows what it what needs to be done, and he educates guys very well. So, um, 
and he was talking about that system all year. We just hadn't executed it very well until right at the end. So, um, yeah, it came up huge, especially in, in the third, and he made some big stops. And, I mean, when goalies are making big stops like that, guys get frustrated, and I'm sure that was a huge part of it. But, yeah, going going into the weekend, the last, last two weeks of the season, he was so dialed in, just focusing on, finals and that weekend he just kept on saying schlampy we're gonna do this like he was so dialed in to win and he wanted to win so bad it was yeah when you got a goalie like that backstopping you it's you know things are gonna be good now schlampy a bit of a um uh interesting moment for you i mean you started your career up here in, the, in newcastle and then in the mid noughties there all that all that way like back at... <laughs> i've played there i've played there in uh 2002 was the first year if you want to go way, way back when I'm getting old guys thanks um, but yeah it was, so <clears throat> I had a, it holds a special place for me being being my first year that I played there um, so it was pretty it was pretty cool to to win it there actually and, and to be able to see Gary and, and Leanne there um, and all the people that were around there Rob Dushman and um, Freddie and all those guys that are, that are there so still. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool when it in Newcastle actually going, going way back quite a few years and to win another one with Vladdy. I mean, we're both getting up there. I'm, I'm old and he's next level. So we joke about it all the time in the, in the room, but, um, yeah, it wasn't much of a, a choice that he was the first guy. I mean, all weekend I was saying, if I pick up that cup, that he's the first guy that I'm going to, gonna go to we've been through a lot we've played on the line together for a long time and we're we're good friends so um yeah to win to win another one with him was absolutely awesome it was the first year i played with the bears that's when we we won and we came from fourth place then to win too so um there was lots of little throwbacks in my ahl career this weekend so let's play we've got to ask also um in the context of all the drama that sort of happened in the off-season with Macquarie and not knowing if we're going to have a, an arena to play in, how much sweeter is the win um, for you guys as well, as well as obviously losing in the final last year? That sort of uh, put a little extra cherry on top there. Yeah, geez, that seems like a million years ago, doesn't it? That yeah. controversy about the about the rink. Um, yeah, this year has been such a, a long year for me personally with the injury that I had and being out for a while and, um, and then coming back, but the uh, the rink. I mean, it, it is such a good place to play. It, obviously, there could be a lot done with it to make it, you know, next next level if it had glass and um, you know better change rooms and whatever else. But it's an awesome place to play. You can put a lot of people in there. It's high and it's cool that the people in the center can can watch you when you're there. You always see people up in the theater and the food court watching. So, um, it's a really cool place to play, and, uh, and I like the rink. It was awesome that the community kind of banded together and made sure that it's saved for now, and hopefully it'll um, always have a spot there in the, in the future because it's a great place to play. Now, now, Mike, you mentioned there your, your injury during the season. That actually happened after the first time we had had you on the podcast, and I nicknamed you Schlamp 2.0. I, I was a bit worried about getting on the on the podcast before the finals in case we jinxed you again. How, how was the injury heading into into the finals weekend, and how, how did the rehab go? 
Uh, I had about 10 weeks off during the year after it happened. It was the first few weeks we were pretty testing. It was whether to get surgery or not. kind of went from going to one doc saying, yeah, I get surgery for sure. Then the other guy was humbaha over it. I got some advice back home to say get surgery for sure. And then I went to another doc. He said we probably would have operated, but now it's too late. You might as well wait and do it after, you know, you've done some rehab to see how it goes. And I ended up doing a lot of rehab on it, treated it really well, probably the best I've ever rehabbed in an injury before in my life. And went checked back in with the doc and he said, you're doing really well. Just keep on going, get a brace and away you go. So I wore a brace on it for about first eight weeks of having the injury and, and just was rehabbing on it every day. Once he gave me the go ahead that I could start doing some stuff. Um, and then a couple of weeks before I came back, kind of just skated with no gear on the ice with a pretty stiff brace and then ordered another playing brace that I could use and had a couple of trainings with the, the brace on. And I knew I was going to have to, you know, about five to seven games that I'd have to play in order to be able to play properly in the finals and be in good enough shape and, and, and be, you know, game ready so I got in I think seven games just before just before finals which was pretty perfect because it took me about that long to get in proper shape and get the knee going it felt pretty good on the weekend I mean obviously you can tell whenever you're wearing a brace or coming back from an injury it's not as good as what you were before but it was it was good enough and where I needed to be so I was just glad I could help out and and yeah, it was just awesome getting that cup in at the end of the last game there. Now, one thing you got to take us through is the celebrations. I mean, obviously you can't disclose all of it, but uh, what did you guys? Uh, how did you guys celebrate? And, and the, the the ride back to Sydney. I mean, you had to go to work unfortunately on Monday, so not not a big night for you. But uh, it sounds like some of the boys are still going. Yeah, it was, it was good fun. It seemed like we were out on the ice there with all the, all the fans came on. It seemed like we were on the ice for a, the whole night. I don't know, everybody was getting pictures and holding the cup. And I got a few with the old Bears guys. I mean, Vladdy got a couple. You get, you get one with your girlfriend. Another guy gets one with his girlfriend. You get with some of the fans that have been through all the all the drama the last few years. And they've been with us for quite a few years because we've built quite a good fan base now at Macquarie so it was awesome to see them all there um finally get it back into the room and that's when you know you fill the bowl and everybody starts having to go at it um having a few drinks so it was awesome in the room and then we had what seemed like the longest bus ride ever to get back to, to start celebrating once we got back in in Sydney and uh went to the ranch who's one of our major sponsors there but they're almost closed on a Sunday night. So over to the governor, but it was cool when we got there, all a bunch, all the supporters were there already. We had like a big line to come in. They were cheering on all the players and a lot of high fives and a few drinks handed out there. And then we went to the governor, which is fairly close to there. Um, all about caring was there and they kind of, uh, footed some of the bill at that one. So thank you very much, Mark, for that. Uh, they've been they've been awesome all year and he was pretty pumped to win and get a few photos with the cup too so he was he was happy to celebrate with the boys and a lot of the fans were there and then it was uh off the Ron, off to ronnie's place and uh we are the champions was definitely played 
played while we were there with some off off key singing and and whatever voices we had left after yelling for those two games and and the rest of the night but um yeah it was just it was an odd we stayed there till fairly late the new boys yeah they kicked on a fair bit and then heated up again today i've been getting pictures all day of guys you know with the cup and some pretty pretty funny photos and some pretty tired looking sad faces so um <laughs> but yeah it's uh the boys are definitely having some fun with it and we'll have some fun over the summer i'm sure with it as well now mikey bef- before we let you go just just a quick one now i know a lot of hard work from a lot of people goes into to winning a winning a good old cup is there anyone you want to give a special shout out to Oh geez, I always these ones I w- always wish I had stuff written down, and I'm always scared of leaving names out. But um, I mean, everybody on the team just worked so hard this year, from from start to finish. Um, Ronnie for coaching, he puts in so much time and effort with the players on and off the ice. Um, Wayner organizing everything, the board, um, they do such a good job. Sponsors. Um, the Bennett's all about carrying a ranch and, and all of our other major sponsors are fantastic. Um, Gary and, and the people at Newcastle did an awesome job putting on the, the finals weekend. And it was really, really a good time there. We really enjoyed ourselves. Um, yeah, it was just start to finish and everybody is, yeah, this one was a great season with all those guys. And, and it's one that you'll always, always remember it was definitely sweet especially after last year so it was just great winning with all these guys all right oh so i was going to say uh Schlamy, has matty burrell uh come to yet <laughs> did he have to be carried out <laughs> <laughs> matty matty's an always good time always a good time to hang out with um <laughs> yeah I, I think he probably kicked on at his own place afterwards uh, whenever a guy's got the highest belly button in the league, you know he's he's he can definitely uh, hold his own. That guy, he uh, <laughs> he's pretty he's a pretty funny character. I'll go out anytime with Matty. He's a he's a legend. <laughs> All right, Slampy, thank you very much for joining us on the AHL podcast. Enjoy the off season and uh, congratulations again on uh, being good old cup champions. Thank you very much, guys. Well, there we have it, Steve. That was our chat with Sydney Bears captain Michael Schlamp. Look, one thing I really enjoyed about that interview was Michael uh, telling us about his injury and the amount of rehab he had to do to get back on the ice. Like, you know, it, it just shows you there was, an, it, there was an opportunity for him to go, look, you know, maybe that's me done. Maybe that's my 2019 0- is over but here is a guy who is so hungry and it's those types of stories that when you hear him you're like you know uh, that's why he deserves to raise the good old cup for sure and, and as you quite mentioned you called him Schlamp 2.0 last year he was a big reason they got to the good old cup final and when he went down injured you know the, <laughs> the week after we had him on the podcast um, I thought oh no we've, we've, we've just put him off uh put him off a potential uh, season run. But uh, no, as you quite mentioned, he, he went through, battled the rehab. And, he, and of course, at his age, you know, that uh, takes that just that much longer to recover. And I, anecdotal, I've had a meniscus, torn meniscus this year, and I've had 10 weeks. Uh, I've missed six games of IHV Division C, mate. So uh, not quite the <laughs> AHL, but uh, no, I can sort of understand in terms of the rehab, it's, it's a pain in the ass. Um, and it's really limiting um, and very frustrating, um, particularly for, for, for athletes like um, Schlampy there. So um, 
to battle back from that and then get ready for the for the final and then then you know to win it as well is just to just to make it that much sweeter. Um, but as you mentioned, also you know him, uh, Vlad's and Espo, Adrian Esposito were there, were still there, and Thomas Lander, who is obviously now at the Newcastle North Stars, were the last remaining Bears from that 2007 win up there in Penrith, um, where they came from fourth again. So. Um, for them to win that, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty special moment, and I'm sure he's uh, still still relishing it. Unfortunately, though, he had to go to, <laughs> had to go to work. So, um, but yeah, great to see him uh, hoist the cup again. Yeah, looking fantastic to see him on the on the score sheet as well. Like he plays a very big role uh, for that Sydney Bears team. And uh, look, I thought it was that's one thing the Sydney Bears do, do do so well is roll their lines, and they just seem to uh, yeah you know move the puck really well uh, they play really hard they get 100% effort from everyone and, and and it really they didn't disappoint this weekend no they didn't at all and and look have we got a comment on yeah Danik Gauthier obviously designing the MVP just been so impressed big guy such great hands and such a fluid skater you know you don't get those uh, those too often they're sort of that one of a kind player but uh, he was a pleasure to watch and I thought a very deserving winner of the uh, finals MVP and one of the things Gautier does that is not going to turn up in any stat sheet is his penalty killing ability. I think there were a couple of penalty kills this uh, this weekend where he, he was just he picked up the puck, skated to the other team's offensive zone, and probably just circled the zone for about maybe twenty or thirty seconds, just wound it off the clock. I'm like, wow, this this guy's just taking this team on his back, and he's going to drag them over the line, kicking or screaming. Yeah, I mean, and he did that so many times during the regular season. I mean, the games he played in Melbourne, he did a similar thing. You know, he just went right. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this puck. And him and Ratcliffe were with the uh, one-two punch on the other side. You know, of that value Marcotte uh, one-two punch. He, they were the um, the one-two for the for the Bears. And we saw that again. They they combined so well. That's why we got a Finals MVP and a Rookie of the Year. So um, hopefully, you know, they, Jake Ratcliffe can come back next year for the Bears and intends to stay. But uh, no, pleasure to watch both of those guys. And look, look, we, the final, despite the the five two scoreline, it did come right down to the end with uh, Anthony Kimlin taking a delay of game penalty minutes uh, with uh, just under six minutes to play. That sent the Thunder uh, to the power play. And um, even though that was the two goal lead, I mean, we'd seen two goal leads get wiped out all weekend. So anything could have happened in that that last roll of the dice. And and I've got to give it to the Thunder; they threw everything at the Bears in that in the in those final few, few moments. And look, it wasn't till that final ten seconds when the Bears managed to win that face-off, skated down the other and score that empty net goal that you could say, yes, the Bears are going to be the good All-Cup champions. And I have to also mention, Anthony Kimlin, what a story that guy's had this year. I mean, he went through the disappointment of the mighty ruse, um, you know, where we we looked like we were going to win the group and then uh, crashed out. Um, and then he, you know, a lot of guys, when they come back from Worlds, they take some time off before they hit the AHL season because obviously it starts at the same time or just after and they want some time off to get their bodies back. He jumped straight into it and uh, played really, really well for the Bears. He's come back now and he's had a, you know, he's hoisting his second good old cup at the end of the year. So, I mean, he's such a credit to his team. I mean, the Bears have the luxury there of that elite local goaltender. So, you know, obviously most teams spend that on an import spot. He gives them that luxury that they can put the imports um on the blue line or up on in the full, um, on the top line. So um, a great story for him again this year. And actually, sorry, just another anecdote. I just saw some someone of my mates dug out some um, some uh, archive footage from 2011. And, uh, I think that was my second season in the league. And him playing for the Gold Coast Blue Tongues um, against the Melbourne Ice in Melbourne when they had that makeup game because it was a cancelled game at Bundle. 
um, because of the fog. I think it was 2011 or 2012. And I was thinking, man, that guy has now won two good all cups. So that, that's a, that's an incredible story. But just that's just a little cheesy anecdote for you out there. But I thought I'd share it. Well, how about we cross now, Steve, to uh, Sydney Bears defenseman Ryan Annesley. Uh, this was our catch-up uh, with Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, our second Sydney Bear on the RHL podcast this week, defenseman Ryan Annesley. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, now, Ryan, it seems to be a bit of a theme with Bears players. Uh, the voices are a little bit raspy. Uh, a lot of, lot of shouting and celebrating this weekend. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know uh, exactly. Can't pinpoint why we're uh, we're all a little hoarse voice today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, um, obviously, huge win for you guys. Um, momentous occasion, particularly after uh, last year's grand final heartbreaker in overtime against the Brave. Um, just take us through the weekend. We, we talked to Schlampy a bit about um, his uh, perspective on the weekend. Take us through that, particularly, you know, the semi-final with the win over the Braves, sort of avenging last year's loss and, and then getting on with business on the Sunday. Yeah, look, it, it was kind of an up-and-down year for us. Um, we definitely weren't as consistent this year as we were last year. And, I mean, obviously the standings show that right off the hop. Um, but for some reason, we were, we were still coming in really confident as a group. Um, we thought we had put together a fairly good game plan to, to try to tackle Canberra on Saturday and then see where uh, the chips fall on who we might play on the Sunday if we did get through. Um, but, I mean, the, the momentum swings throughout the weekend were just crazy. Like, Canberra scoring that goal with three seconds left in the second period when we had just made it a one-goal game again. That's the kind of thing that can really deflate a team. Um, but for some reason, we, we all just seem to believe in the dressing room, even even being down two, that we could come back and win it. And, and uh, things fell fell in our favor in that third period, and, and uh, the rest took care of itself. Now, Ryan, one of, one of my favorite moments, actually, from the weekend uh, was watching you play in that game against the against the CBR Brave. Now, I think you'd probably be the first to admit you didn't have the greatest first uh, first and second period, but when you scored that uh, game-tying goal to make it 4-4, uh, the expression on your face said it all. It said, game on. Just walk us through that game-tying goal and what you were feeling at the time. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, to start the game, to be honest, I didn't have... Uh great legs um i think we had just made it 1-1 in the second and i had a turnover to joey hughes that um ended up materializing in a in the 2-1 goal that that gabriel scored and i kind of felt like i owed the boys one so um i think all that emotion plus the fact that we were down 4-3 just being able to to help out in any way and, and this way on the score sheet uh, it all came out in the celebration because i'm not usually a big celebration guy so uh that was kind of uh, a one-off for me ryan as I talked to Schlampy as well, like it was very similar storylines in two of those, both those games. You both went down early um, and then against the Brave and the Thunder and you found a way to come back, particularly on the Sunday, you know, you came and scored five unanswered goals. What was the, what was the, your perspective on that? Um, particularly, you know, in the dressing room, um, in the, in the intermissions going, okay, guys, we got this and, and the confidence that, um, that seemed to be throughout the Bears lineup this, uh, this year. Yeah, like I said, we came in uh, with a lot of confidence, and, it, and even when we were down, it didn't seem to waver. Um, we tried to preach, you know, an even keel approach. Let's not get too high or too low at any time throughout the weekend. Um, and but like I said, there were obviously some big momentum swings. Um, if we didn't get those two power plays at the end of the first um, in the in the grand final, it might have been a different story in between periods. But uh, that was the kind of turning point for that game for us. Um, and 
and throughout the weekend talking to guys like Kimmer and, and, uh, and Ronnie Schlempe, et cetera, everyone just kind of was on the same page that we believed no matter if we were down to or up or whatever we, we were always believing that we were going to win this cup this year. So. Now in that uh, in that final against the Perth Thunder, uh, Kevin Vayu, probably one of the biggest guys, probably one of probably the biggest guy in AIHL. What's it like getting the assignment, marking up against him, and, and having trying to stop him from putting the, the puck in the back of the net? You know what? It's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, heck, we we matched up against two of the top, you know, best lines in the league this year, and, and probably arguably um, from for many years. I mean, that first line for Perth, all three guys on it had twenty plus goals. That's something that you don't see every day. Um, and then obviously you go up against a line with uh, Jesse Gabriel, Joey Hughes, and insert you know one of their other players here, be it Cam Insign or Kabara Darge. Like um, it's it's fun. It's it's fun. You want to get up for that challenge, and uh, uh, it, you know thankfully it worked out for us. But uh, some really really good players that we matched up against this weekend, to say the very least. Now Ryan, this is your fourth season uh, in the AHL with Bears, and if you've finally taking the cup home on your, your fourth go in terms of uh, years played. Have you sort of achieved all you've sort of set out to in the, in your AHL career? Is there, is there something more that you want to achieve in your hockey career or um, you're quite happy with the way you, you're going so far? Um, you know what? It's, it's funny. I thought that, uh, you know, once you get the cup that you'll kind of be fulfilled and maybe it's time to take a step back, be it, you know, retiring, coaching, whatever the case may be, but uh, maybe it just hasn't sunk in yet, but uh it kind of makes me want to want to continue playing and, and win a couple more with Sydney and, and see what we can do. So um, we'll see what the future holds um, moving forward, but definitely plan on staying in the game and, and, you know, whether it be from a player's perspective or a coaching perspective, um, trying to uh, just win some more championships. Now, Ryan, I know in the past when you've been injured, you, you've stepped behind the bench and, and been a coach with the, the Sydney Bears. And, and um, obviously, special teams is something that you guys or that, that you work on with the team a lot. You must have been pretty happy to finish the weekend with uh, without conceding any power play goals from, I think, nine power play chances. Just tell us a little bit about the, the PK unit. Yeah, I, again, um, we we worked on this throughout the week. We got some good video footage from, from previous games of Canberra. Um, and they like to work it off one side and kind of crash uh, two or three guys down low on an overload set. Um, thankfully, Perth did something kind of similar. So we practiced that all week. Um, we've got some guys that are willing to sacrifice their bodies. I mean, you always see Brian Funes rolling around out there blocking shots, his hair flying in the wind. Um, obviously, Tyrell Claire, the same thing. And then anytime you have Anthony Kimlin in net, um, they, you know, they always say that your goalie is your best penalty killer. So... Um, a lot of the credit, most of the credit goes to Kimmer, but uh, the unit itself did a great job. Now, Ryan, we're going to talk a little bit about the celebrations now. Um, obviously, a little raspy. What did you, uh, how did you guys celebrate? I know there was, you went to the ranch and the governor and a couple of other places. How, how did you guys uh, bring it home? Yeah, exactly. Well, it all started um, on the ice. We got, we got our fans that had traveled up to Newcastle out there with the cup, a um, few beers in the dressing room, and then a uh, quick bus ride back, like you said, to the ranch. Met up with some more fans there, which was great. Um, and then uh, we actually ended the night at uh, Uncle Ron Kaprowski's house, which was which was pretty cool. So I uh, got to bring the cup back to Ronnie's and, and just have uh, all the boys there. And, and uh, it was really a great night, great team bonding uh, experience. 
Now, Ryan, you've played hockey all over the world, and obviously you've had uh, like success throughout your career. How, how does winning an AIHL final uh, stack up in all your experiences? And how do you think the AIHL is going compared to some of the international competitions you've played in? And do you feel it's been growing year on year? Yeah, look, it's in terms of lifting a trophy, it's been a while. I, I, I honestly can't think. I mean, we won a couple, um, you know, minor premierships, as they call them here in, in college, to take us to NCAA tournaments and such. But actually winning the full league comp, I, I don't know that, that I've ever accomplished that um, other than, you know, minor hockey. So um, it's kind of a new experience that hasn't really set in fully, to be honest with you yet. But uh, um, in terms of the game itself here, it's uh, the, the difference from when I first came in 2016 to what, what it is now, the parity level, the skill level across the league, um, you know, getting coaches in like JFK um, and, and obviously with NSA hockey and all that stuff that they're doing, you, you can really see the development in the league um, continuing to grow. So um, I think the league's in a really good place in that regard and, it, and they just got to keep moving forward. And um, and Ryan, just one last question before we let you go. Um, Schlampy said everyone was pretty focused uh, all, all weekend, but we want to know, was there any joker or, or clown uh, in the dressing room over the weekend? Any pranks getting played on anyone? Uh, you know what? It was it was pretty calm this weekend. Um, Ronnie had a couple good quotes for us from an ex-player um, that were uh, not necessarily funny, but a little bit lighter that, that had the boys going. But uh, no, you know what? It was... It was focused. I hate to, you know, not not be able to give you guys anything good there, but uh, in, ter- in terms of pranks, this wasn't the weekend for it. Everyone was just uh, tuned in. All right, Ryan. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us on the AIHL podcast. Uh, make sure you go and enjoy the off season, and uh, look, we hope to see you in 2020. Really appreciate it, guys. Well, there we have it, Steve. That was our chat with Sydney Bears defenseman Ryan Annesley. Uh, look, it was really interesting uh, talking to Ryan about how he opened up about their um, the penalty kill uh, over the weekend. The Bears did not concede a power play goal all weekend. Uh, I mean, that's one of those little attention to details things that is going to make all the difference come finals weekend. Yeah, for sure it is. And and like we reflected it in the um, statistics. I mean, like they, they kept the thunder out on three power play chances. They did essentially the same thing to the Brave. Uh, all the goals in that game were scored at even strength. So it's... Um, they've been particularly in like him and Funes as well. Like they just... Uh, I mean, they've chucked uh, Brian out on the power plays. We talked to him a few weeks ago on the podcast. He's that big body when Schlampy was down injured providing the screen. But yeah, they they did such a good job of clogging up the lanes. And you've got also guys like Killian Guillenay and um, Adam Dowder too. They played out there on the PK. They were a bit... You know, Gowder had a great weekend uh, for the Bears, but he was also on the special teams in the on the PK and they just do such a good job of taking up those lanes. And basically, you know, they could try and allow Akima to see the puck because when he sees it, he's going to stop it. Um, so, yeah, you, you're quite spot on there with the PK. Um, that, that was really firing for him this weekend as it has, uh, has been this year. Yeah, look, Doubter, he, he certainly switched it on, uh, picking up a couple of goals in the finals weekend. It will uh, certainly be a weekend for him to remember. And uh, look, I, I can't say again how much I enjoyed watching uh, Denik Gautier play uh, over the weekend. He was just a wrecking ball. He did everything for the Sydney Bears this weekend, uh, much-deserved uh, MVP of the finals. And it was uh, it was interesting to listen to Schlamp say he's got such a hard shot that the boys don't even try to block it at training anymore. <laughs> Oh, no, that'd just be like, you know, it's like that scene from the Mighty Ducks, was it, when, um, I think it was it Goldberg keeps getting scored on and he just takes the gear off and then goes, yeah, just shoot on the fuck. <laughs> It'd be like that if you're a defenseman in front of him. No, no, go for it. Um, 
but no, you, you quite. It's like um, was it Charlie Adams last year? He had a similar shot, like sneaky hard shot. But yeah, you know, Danny goes, yeah. I mean, he's a big dude, got a big wind up. He's going to get that extra snap of the stick, um, coming off the ice for the slapper. Yeah, and it's just even his wrist shot. Um, we saw him. I think it was the second game against the Mustangs. Um, he let an absolute laser go from the point wrist shot. It was as hard as a slap shot. I was just like, yeah, that's going to be scary for any goaltender or player. So, um, yeah, <laughs> get out of the way is probably the best advice. Now, look, Steve, let's touch on the actual awarding of the good old cup. There were some great scenes uh, on the ice there after the game was won when the the cup was handed to Michael Schlamp. Uh, as we spoke with Michael uh, Michael about, he handed the cup to, to Vlad Rubes, who will be turning 49 later this year. Um, that was a great sight to see uh, Vlad raising the cup. For sure, Australian Yaga. I mean, we give him a little bit of stick on the, on the, the podcast, but that man is an athlete. In his 40s, he's just like he's the same like breed that Yarmir Yager is in terms of the that mentality of just you know just keep going, um, and in great shape at his age and look deserved winner. Um, been such a great servant to the game over the years. National team coach, coach of the Bears, coach of the Ice Dogs, and player for uh, a long, long time. So um, it was great to see him get the first handoff. And, uh, and also Adrian Esposito as well, we should mention. He's the other Sydney Bear that's been there forever. He was part of that 2007 team as well. And, and you know, great to see the, the trio there uh, hoisted again. You know, it may have been 12 years between drinks, but that was um, that was a great thing to see, as well as uh, Brian Funes with the, probably the most animated celebration, um, as he always does. But uh, it was also great to see them get the fans in and, 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 and recognise all of the, the officials and, and um, coaching staff and off-ice staff that um, the Bears um, are, are renowned for. So that little community um, club that they have. So um, also congratulations, congratulations to uh, Wayne Hellier lifting the cup again um, and uh, Matty Burrell and, uh, and all the guys there. Um, so, yeah, they, it was great to see that um, and the Bears fans that travel up from Sydney relished it. Yeah, and it was. I like to see uh, Anthony Kimlin. He was pretty animated without his mask on. Like usually, when he's a goal, when he's in goals and he's all geared up, sometimes he, you know, he can be quite, uh, quite animated when he's talking to referees. But usually, once the helmet comes off, you know, he's a pretty cool, calm, and collected guy. But, but, but seeing him him raise the cup and 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 skate around with a huge grin on his face, uh, that that was another favourite moment for me. Yeah, and he put out a, probably the tweet of the of the uh, series, just like last time, mate. We're sleeping together. <laughs> the good old cup Twitter account. So that that's got to win a that's got to win an award as well. And look, tough scenes to see on the other side. Uh, Perth Thunder, kudos to them. I mean, I mean they stuck around. The, they, they shook the Bears' hand. They stuck around for the cup presentation. That's always got to be one of the toughest things in sports. And, and look, they, they took this one on the chin. And it was tough to see Kevin Vayu, obviously one of the imports, you know, one of the professional hockey players. You know, he was down on, on all fours, just devastated that they lost. But but what that showed me was that you know just what winning a championship means to these guys, even these guys that have gone all around the world and played hockey, uh, it never it never feels good uh losing in a final and uh look well done to the perth thunder guys that they kept the chin-ups the whole time yeah for sure yeah. losing sucks it really does uh, particularly when you throw the you know, the kitchen sink at it and um no it's good to see the you know, the camera i'm like a lot of these guys they're all good mates they're all you know and also the, the best thing is also after the game um you know everyone sort of sticks around at the ahl finals and, and has a beer and catches up um members of the opposing team um, all four teams really that played on the weekend. That's the great part about it. Um, it's a community feel there. But yeah, look, it was. I, I, it pains me as a West Australian to see the Thunder lose as well. 
But um, look, they'll be back next year. Um, you know, it's, that's not what you want to hear right now, the day after you've lost the cup and you're on a three and a half, four hour flight back to Perth. But uh, look, you know, they'll go away, they'll reassess and, you know, have a couple of months off and then they'll get back into uh, planning for season 2020 and, and uh, come back uh, stronger. And look, Steve, we've got to give a shout out to the media team and all the volunteers that worked over the weekend up at the uh, Hunter Ice Skating Stadium. Uh, look, I think the the media guys did a great job. Uh, Coffee and Sledge on the call, uh, that was something new, something different. So I, I enjoyed listening to those guys, those guys for all three games. Yeah, um, uh, I was going to say, Clough uh, made the journey. It was the only one of us that could go. Um, but you know, it was, a, it was a good, great job. Great job from all Michael Smith, especially. You know, first. Um, First go at it, um, it's it's a hell of a thing to have a go at. People don't appreciate just how hard it is to put that whole weekend on. I mean, I'm not trying to talk ourselves up, but I, we've, we're old hands at it now down here in Melbourne. We've done seven or eight of them. Um, and But, you know, you, you're always trying to better yourself every year. But when it's your first one, I remember the first one we, we tried to do, you know, all the intermissions and all that. That's really logistically very difficult to coordinate. But uh, they did a good job. And, you know, I'm sure uh, Michael Smith, uh, he, I had a quick chat to him um, a couple of messages to him after the the weekend, and you know he was just keen to get back and see his, his kid. You know they just had a they had a kid this year, so he felt it like being a bit of a distant father. But you know, just that whole stress is you know that that just melts off after that, and you can enjoy it. But uh, you know, great job from those guys uh, and Peter Lambert and Steve Lindsay and Ellie um, up there, and Lucy Bourne and, and all the rest of them. And sorry if I missed everyone, but uh, well done to Thought Fox and uh, Gary Dore and, and the rest of them up there in Newcastle. Yeah, I think you raised a very good point there, Steve. A lot of those guys uh, gave up their their Father's Day uh, to be at the ring to make sure the fans got to see the AIHL final. And uh, as a new father myself, uh, that certainly meant a lot to me. Um, but I've also got to give a shout out to photographer Reese Lavender. Again, he did a fantastic job uh, capturing all the emotion that's, uh, across the across the finals weekend. There's some fantastic photos. If you haven't seen them, jump on to the AIHL's Facebook page, uh, check them all out. Uh, there is some uh, yeah, fantastic photos up there of the weekend. Now, Steve, as the sun sets on another AIHL season, uh, I hear you are getting ready for another Mighty Ruse uh, campaign. Yeah, so don't forget, fans, uh, Queenstown in NZ, uh, three-game series, Australia and New Zealand. It's become a bit of an annual thing. This is the third year in a row. Um, it's not over for some of the boys, uh, so they'll travel Actually, on Wednesday, I got asked to go at the last minute to help with the, the media stuff. Unfortunately, I couldn't have gone, but otherwise I would have. Um, but uh, look, make sure, um, I'm sure the, uh, I think the Pucky and NZ guys are covering. Correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter if you aren't. But uh, yeah, some of the boys are in action um, over there playing uh, NZ. Uh, it's a bit of a different roster for the Mighty Roos. Some guys aren't available, but uh, you know, Rob Malloy just played Liam Manwaring, Dane Davis from the Newcastle North Stars all going in terms of uh, Sydney Bears. So just Timmy Newmark is the sole representative. I'm sure the rest of the boys probably have blood alcohol limits that uh, prevent them from playing. But uh, now a couple of, good to see a couple of the uh, Thunder boys, you know, Kieran Webster, Jamie Woodman also making the uh, the travel um, and the distance over. So um, good luck to those guys. Yeah, so if you um, just keep your eye on social media for uh, all the uh, happenings there, I'm sure there'll be a, the, the stream details will be posted in the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, uh, word on the street is that it will be played in Australia next year in Melbourne. So um, you know, don't quote me 100% on that, but that was uh, the uh, inside word I got. But um, in the meantime, uh, also a couple of debutants actually. Hayden Dawes suiting up uh, as well. I mean, he's a dual citizen, so hopefully uh, down the track we can we can get him in uh, the green and gold come uh, April in Croatia next year. 
Um, and Dane Davis also suiting up for the first time too. So um, he's a hopeful inclusion for, for next year's Worlds too. So uh, don't forget to check that out. Well, Steve, it's that time of the season where we look to hang up our microphones and what an eventful 2019 it's been. We've seen another AIHL regular season record beaten uh, and uh, we've seen another David and Goliath battle in the semi-final, and the Sydney Bears crowned good old cup champions. If you'd asked me to predict all this at the start of the year, I would not have got any of it correct. Yeah, same. I think I think I tipped the Brave to go back to back too. <laughs> um, so we have to go back to the first podcast and see just how off we were. But uh, <laughs> look, great season, man. Like so, so many. Um, I mean, it was a bit of a tough one at times. You know, it can drag on depending. Um, you know, I find that the first two months of the season, you're all excited, stuff's happening. And then June, July, it can sort of, when, when it's cold, it's all caught, caught, sort of, kind of tripping on my words here, sort of can feel like it's um, a bit of a slog for us or, or us on the guys that, on the side that are providing the content and everything. But uh, now there's been plenty of talking points uh, week in, week out. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, been another ride. Uh, third year we've been doing this now. So, uh, but the Bears, yeah, I, I never would have picked them either. <laughs> look thanks everyone for tuning in it's always great to hear all the stories of where you listen to the AHL podcast whether you're driving along in the car on the way to work or you listen to it on the train or, or you quickly catch up before you go to the game on the weekend uh, I always like to hear the uh, hear your podcast stories and and uh, it really does mean a lot to Steve and I and look Steve we're almost up to uh, uh, 25,000 uh, plays uh, on SoundCloud so I'm sure after this final episode it'll tip over that yeah and uh, look I mean, what, what do you got planned for the off season, mate? It's uh, I can't believe it's gone so quickly. So now it's uh, it's summertime or springtime. Yeah, really. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, look, certainly my my one year old daughter, she's going to be keeping me fairly busy. So I'm looking forward to spending some time chasing her around as she learns to walk. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's it's never you never really get a day off from that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, there we have it, fans. We've reached the end of another AIHL podcast and the end of another AIHL season. Thank you very much for tuning in. Unfortunately, Steve and I won't be back next week. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and uh, look, we'll be back in 2020 with something bigger and potentially better. 